Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Welcome back everyone to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is your host, Doctora Yvette. And today I have a solo episode about what to consider when applying to graduate school with a chronic illness. I've received this as a question and it's also something that I have considered if I could do things all over again or if I were applying to graduate school now, what would I do? knowing that I have a chronic illness and that I have specific needs and accommodations that I need to have met in order for me to thrive. And so if you are someone who is applying to graduate school or thinking about applying to graduate school and you have a chronic illness, this is the episode for you. The first thing I want to recommend is that as you prepare your materials, make sure you plan ahead. You probably know this already because for a lot of us with a chronic illness, we can never really anticipate when we're going to deal with a flare-up. That is when we're going to deal with an exacerbation of our chronic illness symptoms. And because we know that this happens, we have gained valuable life and time management skills. So This almost goes without saying, I mean, I'm reminding you, but you probably already know this, that it's important to plan ahead because anything could happen between now and your deadline. And many times our chronic illness or illnesses do get in the way of meeting certain goals and deadlines. So just keep this in mind, plan ahead, plan to do your research, work on your applications, talk to the people you need to talk to months in advance before your first deadline. The next next thing to consider is learning more about how flexible the program is upfront before applying. This is really important. I would not recommend applying to a program that is known to be highly rigorous, highly competitive, and not supportive of folks who quote unquote cannot keep up. Um, how do you find this out? You learn about the program, its expectations, its flexibility or inflexibility, its rigidity by talking to existing and former students in that program. You don't have to disclose anything about your own illness, but there are questions that you can ask to find out about the flexibility. You can ask them if any students have taken leaves of absence If any students have taken a medical leave, you can ask, how does the program treat students when they are ill, when they get sick? And you can ask about how supportive the advisors are with uh, individuals who have had to deal with emergencies, family emergencies, medical emergencies. Again, you don't have to disclose anything about yourself, but you can ask because 
when you are in graduate school and you are committing to two, four, six, eight, ten 10 years of your life, odds are life will happen whether you anticipate it or not, whether you have a chronic illness or not. And so it's completely justified for you to ask this question. Okay. The next recommendation when it comes to preparing your application to graduate school as someone with a chronic illness is to pay close attention to the healthcare options in every program. I don't think that you should work under the assumption that all healthcare options, all health fees, all medical providers are going to be the same across the board in different graduate programs. Um, this is also something that you can learn more about by talking to existing graduate students. Ask them what their healthcare experience has been like there. Ask them uh, what the healthcare fees are. Ask them if they're satisfied with the quality of care that they've received. And you'll want to know what type of specialists are available. If they're close by, will you have access to a team of specialists if you need it, depending on your chronic illness? It's good to know upfront. I developed my chronic illness in graduate school, so I didn't know about it applying in, but I was lucky or privileged enough that I went to graduate school at UCLA and had a full team of specialists walking distance, like right there on campus to support me. And I saw a number of different specialists, not just one, but different ones to figure out what was going on with my health at the time. And so if you anticipate that you may have some medical needs and you may need to access specialists, it's good to find this out upfront so that you don't have to be commuting or spending a lot of money, a lot of out-of-pocket costs because this is not available or provided within your healthcare plan. Something else to consider is to look into the funding options in that program. I say this all the time because I'm primarily talking to first-gen students of color and a lot of them who are already working class or low income, but this applies to you if you're chronically ill as well. Because um, recently I was on a website, I'm not going to say which website it was, but it was a website to help students with learning about grad school. And they were saying that all PhD programs provide full funding. And actually, I disagree with that. Not all PhD programs will provide you with full funding. Um, there, I, I highly recommend that you go to graduate school, especially doctoral programs with full funding, but that is not always the case. And so this is why it's, it's up to you to find out what type of funding is available and um, to create a budget to make sure that you can financially support yourself during grad school. And the budget takes into account not just the funding, but also the cost of living in the area where that institution is located. And if you're chronically ill, it's especially important to learn about funding because you may have less of a capacity to take on multiple part-time jobs. Many people will pride themselves on how much they can hustle in grad school. Many people will pride themselves in how much work they can do and the long hours that they are working but that's not always the case for someone who is chronically ill. So if you know you cannot be taking on multiple part-time jobs, if you know 
you don't want to be taking on thousands of dollars worth of student loans, then keep in mind the funding available at your institution. And also there's, there's also something that I want you to look into, which is the emergency funding options at the institutions. I don't think that this is mentioned enough in um, the conversation ar around grad school applications. Yeah, we talk about full funding and fellowships and scholarships, but there are also pockets of emergency funding. Look into those, find out who's the one that is um, providing them and under what circumstances they provide emergency funding because in the situation that you need to access it, you'll know that it's there. Okay. Now, the next thing may be obvious to some, but not to everyone, which is to get registered with your university's disability or accessibility services office as soon as possible. The conversation of whether or not to disclose your chronic illness or your disability is a personal one. I don't want to tell you, yes, you should disclose or no, you shouldn't disclose. There are pros and cons to each decision. If you disclose legally, you cannot get discriminated against. Legally, you are entitled to protections against discrimination and you will have access to more supports through the university if you, again, disclose. Now, how much you disclose, what you disclose is up to you. You don't have to share every single detail about your chronic illness with others. Not disclosing can help protect you against blatant forms of discrimination. There are individuals who may not believe that you are chronically ill, especially if you have an invisible disability, who may um, not be flexible. And so it really is up to you whether or not to disclose and who you disclose with, you know, because there are trusted individuals who you may want to lean on for support. And then there are folks who you may not want knowing anything about your situation because you know that they're not going to be helpful at all. Um, nonetheless, no matter what you decide, it is still really important to get accommodations, to get registered with a disability services office. That will help make your life a lot easier instead of you having to struggle and suffer in silence. Okay, the last thing I want to mention when um, it comes to applying to graduate school with a chronic illness is disclosing carefully. So again, when you apply to grad school, you don't have to disclose anything. You don't have to tell anyone anything. You don't have to mention it in your applications. Now, once you have accepted, once you have said yes to an offer, that's when I recommend you go to the disability services office and get signed up. And before you say yes, definitely reach out to these offices to find out about what services and support they provide, because you don't want to <laughs> find out after the fact that maybe they're, you know, they don't provide as much of the support as you had expected. But when you're applying, disclose carefully. Like I said, you don't have to say anything. It's really up to you and what you feel comfortable doing. So that is really my, my biggest advice is to think carefully about when 
with whom, what, and if you're going to disclose your chronic illness to others. Not everyone will take it the same way. I know from experience. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention when it comes to disclosing is, um, is a reminder about having to advocate for yourself. You're going to need to keep advocating. I said that was the last one, but actually this is the last, the last thing I want to mention is keep advocating for yourself once you are in graduate school. Well, when you are applying, you can do this. Uh, once you get in and accept an offer, you need to keep doing this. No one is going to advocate for you. Even if you disclose your chronic illness to others, maybe you choose to disclose it to your advisor or certain mentors. You cannot assume that they will know as soon as you mention what you know your chronic illness is, that they will know exactly how to support you. That is not true. That is not the case. You may need to keep reiterating the same things over and over and over again. You may need to set a boundary and then keep reinforcing that boundary over and over and over again. It may be frustrating, but it is worth it for you to take care of yourself because as someone who's chronically ill, your health obviously comes first. Um, and the other thing is just a reminder that most people who don't have a chronic illness will find it hard to remember your own needs unless you continue to remind them. It's not their job to do that, even loved ones. For instance, I'll, I'll just share a little bit about in my case, I get sick in the mornings. I feel sick most mornings. It's not fun. I <laughs> I mean, I could talk about the symptoms, but I will not overshare right now in terms of the details. But long story short, I just don't feel great. I have a series of different symptoms that I experience most mornings, and it makes it hard for me to function. And so I take my morning slowly, and I don't do morning meetings. I just don't. When I lived in the U.S., which was just last year, I would repeatedly have to tell people that I couldn't meet with them before 10 a.m. And even 10 a.m. was sometimes a stretch, depending on how I was feeling, because, yeah, most morning I feel sick. But there are days that that it doesn't go away and, and I just feel terrible going on throughout the rest of the day. And so that made it a little bit complicated with with reinforcing my needs. But what I did know that was consistent and steady was that mornings were were not great. And so was it irritating that I kept having to remind people, no, I can't meet before 10 a.m.? Yes, but I also know it's not their fault for not remembering that it is my responsibility to advocate for myself. Now that I live abroad, things have changed because the time zone difference actually works in my favor. Most of the people that I work with, that I talk to, my loved ones are actually on the West Coast. I am eight hours ahead of them. And so when I'm not feeling great, they're asleep. And I often say this to people when I when they ask me about what it's been like living abroad is that I feel like I have hacked the time zone because it actually works in my favor. Um, but if I was applying to graduate school, if I, you know, even now I, it's not like I don't have things to do here in the mornings. There are responsibilities that I have, but I still try my best to keep things later in the morning and in the afternoon so that I don't have to be struggling and doing things when I am not at my best. 
So that's just my reminder. You're going to need to keep advocating for yourself uh, as you apply. And then once you get into graduate school, as you navigate graduate school and continue on, continuing on in your career and life. All right, that's it for today. I hope you all found this helpful and I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Femtoring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three ways you can support the show. The first is to make sure you're subscribed and leave a review of the podcast. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free half-hour coaching session with me. Yes, that's right, one free session. Once you leave a review, you can email me a screenshot and I'll send you a link to sign up. The second way to show your love is to get yourself a copy of my free 15-page grad school femtoring kit, which includes resources on research, organization, grad school, and career prep. Go to gradschoolfemtoring.com slash kit to get it today. The third and last way to support my show is to follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and occasionally TikTok with the handle at Grad School Femtoring. Thanks again and until next time.